0: God damn like hip-hop on zimmer in here <laughs> i know that's actually a fucking good description man <laughs> hot damn what's up everybody this is the second part of our into the spider-verse conversation the first part was released recently this is the second part that was a amazing interview that we got to do with the art director patrick o'keefe a friend of mine who's been uh who's repping here in montreal originally from the T Dot, then moved out to the States, did the San Francisco thing, ended up in LA, ended up working for Sony, making what is easily one of the most quality superhero movies in the in recent times. And that's what makes me really happy that I know someone that got to work on something like that. He
1: told us a fantastic story off air about how he started to work for Sony, which if you ever run into him in person. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and ask him that story <laughs> yeah. cuz <'Cause> it's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, big shout outs to him once again thank you to Patrick for ha- taking the time to sit down and talk with us uh, he was out on the west coast he, as I mentioned he's living in LA doing his thing and uh, you know I hit him up I, I it, you know it was super late too uh, I had asked mobs yesterday I saw the movie yesterday mobs you saw it on Saturday the, Saturday uh, I can't
1: believe I saw a movie like this before you <laughs> I know
0: yeah 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 I know I would have I would have seen it it's opening crazy. day I would have. I definitely would have seen an opening day if I could have. Uh, but we were recording this on a Monday, so we both literally just saw it. And I hit up Patrick, and I was just like, hey, man, I know this is super last minute, but we're recording later today. Would you be down to discuss your work on Into the Spider-Verse? And he was just like, yeah, man, I'm totally down. So he came through, hooked him up on the phone, did the podcast, and had a great time. It was supposed to be like a 15-minute pre- like little Intro at the beginning of the full podcast that we wanted to do, but it turned into a longer conversation, and and we're like, "Let's just roll with this. This is definitely worth it." So, fans, geeks, friends, countrymen, (laughs) lend me your ears as we delve into into the Spider-Man. I should say the full title: Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. (sighs) I don't even know what to say about this movie. That's (laughs) that's where it starts off. Uh. I mean, we're going to be doing a spoilery kind of discussion because we're we're not going to be holding back. So this is your official warning at the beginning of this. We are going to be discussing the movie in its entirety. We are not going to be holding back. We're not going to be sugarcoating things. I'm going to tell you that Miles dies. I'm going to tell you that... (laughs) I'm joking. joking. Miles doesn't die. Wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what movie did you see? But we are going to be talking about the movie, so if you guys are listening to this right now and you have not seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse by Sony Pictures, Sony Animation, please pause, go buy a ticket online, go see the movie, and listen to this afterwards because I don't want to ruin anything for you. If you're the type of person that doesn't care, by all means, sit back and enjoy this conversation that we're about to have. And yeah, let's get into it, Mobs. You, you hit me up, and you said uh, maybe what last week Friday you because there's a chance we might have been able to go together had I had the time because you were telling me you were gonna go see it and I yeah like,
1: I was wondering when you because I I assumed that you were probably going Friday anyways and I was like so when are you going to catch this movie. And it just kind of turned out that I was going to go see it with, uh, it was almost pretty much like a whole family endeavor. I think only my mom didn't come. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. went with my sister, her husband, her two kids, my wife. We all went to the theater. And uh, and we caught the movie on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, and yeah, you were saying that you were going to go see it on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I got out of the movie, I know usually Brian does not like to talk about these movies, even even reviews about these movies. Yeah, no, I
0: I wait till I've seen something.
1: So all I just texted him was, I was like, look, when you get out of the movie, we got to talk. It was pretty awesome, though. This just I just had one small little gripe.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. so do we want to start with our no, small little gripe? No, we can get to that a little bit later on. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Miles Morales is the second Spider-Man in Earth 1610. And I'll give you guys a quick little rundown. In the, in the comic book universe, you have, specifically in Marvel, Marvel has a multiverse, similar to DC. The only difference is that Marvel's multiverse has specific numbers associated to it. So if you are from Earth-616, you are from the original Prime Earth that the comic books that we read growing up is based on. Earth-616 is the one where Spider-Man is bitten by the radioactive py- uh, spider, and uh, Captain America got frozen... And Tony Stark, you know, was held by the the Mandarin, I think, originally. And Bruce Banner got hit by the shockwave. And he gave a blood transfusion to his cousin and she got her powers and so on and so forth. It's the prime universe that all the comic books are based in. And then in, I think, around 2000, Bri- uh, Brian Michael Bendis was tapped by Marvel to start up this kind of new kind of universe so they started earth 1610 so earth 1610 and what's really special about that specific earth is everything in that earth is based off of trying to recreate the super soldier serum for captain america so you start to find out that you know uh, spider-man for example his father was a scientist working on some sort of spider-based serum that could enhance strength. Bruce Banner was working on gamma radiation that could enhance strength. The Fantastic Four, cosmic radiation, um, you know, all that stuff. Everything was inspired by the idea of Captain America, who was this original super soldier who died and is considered a hero to the world, and everyone's trying to recreate this super soldier serum, and that's what the basis of that universe is. And if you're a fan of the Marvel 1999 universe, which is the cinematic universe, the MCU, that universe takes a lot from the 1610 universe all that to say in 1610 universe spider-man peter parker does die and is replaced technically replaced by a young a young teenage boy named miles morales who comes in and takes over after he is bitten by a enhanced spider that his uncle had on him for some odd reason and that's your background for the for those who didn't know Wait, what am I knocking? So many numbers. I know, yeah. So I'll keep it simple. 616, main universe, 1610, the universe this movie is set in, and 1999, MCU Well, I,
1: I, I guess this movie isn't really set in the 1610. True. It's its own universe now.
0: I guess. Yeah, that's true. Because technically... It, there's
1: a lot of different changes in there, too. Like they, yes. they, You can see they're, they're taking elements, too, from the other ones also.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, the reason I say 1610 is because when we do see them tapping into the multiverse, the earth they're in that's on the screen it's is... closest li- to that one. It, well, it's listed as 1610. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it is listed as 1610. And you see 616 six in the top left corner as the one of the ones that they're pulling from.
1: As complicated as it sounds, <laughs> the movie is surprisingly not complicated. No,
0: that's the great part. I mean, I probably explained all the like weird nerdy background stuff that you needed to know in that little time and now you just get to sit back and watch the movie or you know in this case you've seen it and you're reflecting on the movie. It's the most kid friendly movie about quantum mechanics. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much. So Mobs I'll start off with this. You know uh you are you were a pretty big Spider Man fan when you were younger, you told me? Huge. Huge fan I was
1: talking to a friend about this today and from when I was a child, my uncle in Chicago used to uh, videotape those classic Spider-Man cartoons, like the 1967 one yeah. from the library for me. And uh, and that re- is really what got me hooked on Spider-Man. And, like, it's so crazy when you see how far that cartoon has been. Like, I remember when I was a kid, we visited India and Pakistan, and, like, you, you could find that cartoon on TV there. Oh, wow. Which is crazy to think that. Yeah. And then um, when I was a child too they, There was the NBC Spider-Man And his amazing friends with oh Iceman yeah. And Firestar which yeah. I mean I haven't seen An episode about th- of this Recently but Brian's been trashing That TV show yeah, but we- and I remember <laughs> Loving it when I was a child Funny
0: enough I, I was saying because we've We've discussed that show on That's Canon, which is the other podcast mm-hmm. over here at Franklin Armstrong Collective, FranklinArmstrong.com. And we talked about it on a recent episode of Geek Sci-Fi. If you guys have listened to the show... So, yes, I mean, we've been teasing. We've been actually making fun of uh, Dave, uh, who is one of the guys, Dave K, that does the podcast with us, because he keeps bringing it up, and we keep kind of joking about it.
1: I got to watch it again to see whether it, it does not stand up, because in my memory from my childhood, <laughs> it was like uh, the superhero equivalent of Three's Company.
0: It it really was. It was amazing. <laughs> no it was not it like didn't make sense it, like there's so many things that you're supposed to just suspend disbelief and be like ah, yeah, okay that's cool and it's just like no that obviously doesn't add up I mean what could be any better
1: than Spider-Man <laughs> living with his two mutant roommates yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, though, was always in the beginning when, or not in the beginning, but in during the show when it would show, like, it would split into, like, a three-way screen where they would change. Oh, yes. That's... And, like, Firestar would kind of start floating, and then, like, this big kind of fire thing would go, and she'd yeah. be in her costume. Iceman ice... would do the block, and then yeah, burst free... out of yeah. the block, and <laughs> Peter Parker's. Is- <laughs> putting it, his clothes on. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Peter man.
0: You're so pathetic, but I still love you. Why are you not just wearing it under your clothes? So good. Peter so Parker, good. the best. Uh, yeah, so this movie, I mean, I'll do a quick recap, but if you're listening to this, hopefully you've seen the movie. The movie starts off with Miles Morales. He's switched schools recently. He's going to a school um called Visions. Uh he's a very smart kid. That's that's Pretty standard in every version, every animated version, every comic book. Miles Morales is always depicted similarly as intelligent as Peter Parker was depicted in many of the other uh, versions of him. He's at this special school. The school is run by a company called Alchemex. Is that in the comics? Yes, Alchemex is in the comics. Alchemex, funny enough, is in the comics in the more in the 2099 uh-huh. universe. Yep. Yeah. That's
1: yeah. that's what I was nerding yeah. out on.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if Alchemex is in the sixteen ten universe. To be honest, I don't know if that was them crossing. Well, that's over. what I was wondering because
1: yeah. because in the twenty ninety nine, Alchemex is like that's the big corporation, yes. yeah. The
0: Whalen kn- Utani, if you will, no. of, <laughs> of the Spider Verse. <laughs> I I know that Alchemex is in the six one six universe recently, uh-huh. and you find out that Alchemex is the. It's like these two companies ended up merging together. And they became Alchemix, and like uh, one of the one of the characters was just like, oh, I, I, I don't remember exactly how the story went, but I remember something akin to one of the heroes thinking, oh, I've stopped what was going to create Alchemix. I'm so happy. And then he turns around and he sees the company's been, this other company has been renamed Alchemex. And he's like.
1: Which is a merger between Alcan and Mexicali Rosa. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> half the people listening probably have no clue what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> um, I think we're already. <laughs> I think we're already pushing people away with all these numbered universes because my <laughs> head's need already spinning. <laughs> I needed
0: to establish, uh, um, actually. Uh, but, yeah, so Uncle Max is running the school. Miles is at the school. He's a super big nerd. He's brand new. I mean, one of the things that I thought was really well done was the introduction of Miles on his way to his new school. Because uh, I guess he stays there week – he goes there weekly. Like it goes, seems
1: like that. It seems it feels very boarding schoolish.
0: But he goes back home on weekends. I guess so. Yeah,
1: Yeah, cuz um it looks like the school is in Manhattan and he yeah. lives in Brooklyn, so yeah. I mean I don't know why that needs to be, but I guess that's just how the school is.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it was
1: it was very interesting how the movie kind of starts off almost um I was going to say kind of like John Hughesy or even yes. like Yes. No, like you're Freaks, right. Freaks and Geeks yeah. kind of style yeah, yeah, yeah. where you know, it's it's very family, and yeah. you know he's like that kid who just kind of who's who's has still strong ties to his neighborhood. But and that was a little bit of I, a you know,
0: I thought that was super important that they showed how well connected he is to his community. Like mm-hmm. walking down the street, he's that guy that knows everybody. He's your friendly neighborhood Miles. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it and it was like and it was actually kind of sad to see. I mean, and, and at first I thought, oh, maybe he's being treated like that because his dad made – because you, if you guys have seen the trailer or snippets, there's that piece where his dad drops him off eventually and he gets out of the car and then he's going into the school and his dad goes over the loudspeaker. It's embarrassing to him. Embarrassing the crap out of him. Yeah. So I thought that next scene where he's in the school and no one seems to kind of want to talk to him was because he's a social pariah. But, no, it seems that he just isn't as well-connected in the school yet. He's not he, tapped he, into... You know,
1: they it, it show that he doesn't want to be there. He's yep. trying to flunk his way out. Yes. That, that, was, that, that was an was awesome... That was really scene. good, yeah. How she <laughs> changed the test scores then. But, the only you know, way he... you
0: could get... I. I Is it true that even if you didn't know... On a multiple choice, even if you didn't know the answers, you wouldn't score zero. Yeah, you that's would, for sure. That's what the teacher is yeah. trying to say. Like,
1: but I think that the, <laughs> the the thing that I liked most about that was it was showing that he was completely out of his element and uncomfortable there. Yeah, and that's you know how his parents were trying to tell him that you know you still need to to work with this and make yeah. this work, and the teacher was even telling him that, and all of that is just kind of subtle foreshadowing to when he gets the powers and has to adapt, you know, adapt yeah. and. And rise above. (laughs) Really. But I find it hilarious that all these kind of schools have those names like that. Like even in Montreal, it's face. Face. And um, mind. Yeah. yeah. And there it's visions. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's the only way. I I love it. I think it's funny because it kind of gives you this idea of like, we are the future. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Like when I was in school, I was in the nerd program and we were called the galaxy so it's, it's a thing it's just a thing that's just what it is but yeah so moving on from that point you know it progresses really quickly he gets the powers like he's, he's in school but he doesn't like being in school but then he wants to hang out with his uncle mm-hmm. so he hits up his uncle Uncle Aaron who's played by Maharshala Ali one of the most amazing uh, comic book actors. You know, he did an amazing job as Cottonmouth on Luke Cage. He continues to be amazing. He won
1: an Oscar for Moonlight. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking of the comic book stuff, but yeah. My Muslim brother. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he he, he does an excellent job as Uncle Aaron. And if you guys are original fans of the comic book story arc, you knew that Uncle Aaron was actually a villain uh, who, you know, unfortunately is kind of just in a bad way and he's Prowler. Uh, If you didn't know that, though, it was pretty cool for you because in the movie, that is a pretty awesome reveal. Like that scene where Miles is, A, Miles gets chased by Prowler at one point. But B, there's a scene later on where Miles goes to his uncle's place, is hiding in his uncle's place. He's dressed as Spider-Man. By the way, once he starts dressing as Spider-Man and is wearing what is the equivalent of a dollar store (laughs) Spider-Man costume, it is amazing that he keeps that on for so long I
1: enjoyed about how when Peter Parker remarked to him you don't we don't wear our own oh,
0: merch yeah. <laughs> which
1: is so good
0: but it was great because like you realize he wears that costume for a very <laughs> long time <laughs> in most the movie. of the movie <laughs> and it's just
1: so funny about how after a while the other spider people are just like yeah alright let's we're just going with this <laughs> yeah.
0: no one questions it they're just like yeah, that's cool uh, but yeah, no. So he's wearing this like rent, this like rental store, ugly ass dollar store version that of. Doesn't his-
1: even fit him. Yeah,
0: properly. it doesn't zip up in the back. It doesn't tie on his head properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the mm-hmm. eyes are is just two holes. So there's like limited. It's this-
1: basically a big toddler's Halloween <laughs> costume. <laughs> yeah,
0: and he's swinging around and sticking to walls. And
1: that all that made me think was just like kids nowadays they don't put any effort <laughs> Peter sewed his yeah, own yeah. suit together
0: yeah yeah Peter didn't just go to a corner store
1: bought it off the rack and we're like hey, I'm good with it <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> But yeah, so he's wearing this costume, he's inside his uncle's spot, he's hoping that his uncle can help him, because he's being hunted by this Prowler character, Wilson Fisk, and a whole bunch of other characters, because he did witness the death of the Spider-Man in his universe, the 1610 universe, and he's now uh, a target for these villains, because they are trying to do something they shouldn't be doing, and he is, he has the, what's it called, not Dookiki, the Goober?
1: The goober, yeah, they're calling it
0: that. Which is just you know the another word for calling it a doohickey. Yeah, just the thing, the thing that will fix the thing, which is the funny way that they set it up. And then Prowler shows up, and you get if you didn't know that Prowler was his uncle, that scene must have been really awesome because then it just seems like Prowler is able to find Miles, and that I I tried to really take it out of my mind. Knowing that that was the uncle, but I was trying to understand it as someone who didn't know that and how intense that scene must seem because Miles is in the apartment, he looks outside, you see Prowler at the window, Prowler gets inside, Miles is hiding behind the television. Uh, you know, Prowler has those kind of like special lenses so he can see infrared and all that stuff, so you're kind of freaking out, like, you know, what can he do? Miles has a fight-or-flight a fight reaction of going invisible that he still doesn't know how to control, so he's kind of freaking out. And then his uncle unmasks, and you're just like, oh, shit. Like, that was... I, I can imagine. Like, you you knew... I knew he was Prowler. I did
1: not know that was Prowler. Yeah, because that's... it's just something I had heard. I had yeah. never seen it. So when that happened to... And I kind of feel stupid for, re, for not even catching that because the whole time I was wondering, I was like, who is, who this, who guy? is this guy? Like... I just yeah. <laughs> can't remember who this villain supposed to be. But that's good because then you because got to there enjoy- was an audible gasp in the theater when yes. he takes his mask yeah. off, which is awesome.
0: See, and that's the one. And I was saying this to you earlier. The one disadvantage of being a really big comic book geek is when these movies get converted to new mediums you don't get to have those moments of realization because you already know it's coming Mm. which i i would have loved to have not known i really think it would have been super cool because yeah even in my theater there was like a because it is a jarring moment when you realize that the uncle that took him originally to do the graffiti at the that's the other thing. Why is your uncle taking you to? Because he's encouraging his artistic streak, Brian. But he took him to the alleyway, con- not the alleyway, but the underground bunker because connected he that- to the underground
1: <laughs> collider. Where the collider was?
0: Yeah, why would you take your nephew I mean, there? That is so he's,
1: dangerous. He's not the most responsible <laughs> uncle, Brian. He is, lest you forget, a criminal. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> so, I mean, uh. I think
1: the, the even better twist was uh the doc ock in the movie
0: yes live
1: and the way that was revealed too it was like something's so well creeping and then you're like oh no yeah that was really cool i thought that, that one, was really yeah. well done yeah.
0: i didn't know that one so and i think the other part that i really loved about that is the fact that they establish alchemex's connection to the school because live who is ends up being olivia octavius is in a school video explaining multiverse to the students yeah and you don't know that it's olivia octavius you just see this weird looking teacher and i remember thinking like oh that's a weird thing to be teaching kids in this like i know it's an advanced school but what do they understand about multiverse and you know multi-dimensional travel and stuff like that nothing yeah <laughs> i guess that's why you're trying to teach them but it was cool because like she kind of just looks like this crazy mousy teacher yeah and then that moment where she's like, she realizes that the Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, that is from 616, is now in this universe and is kind of hanging out. And she's just like, oh, you're destabilized. Your cells are, d- are dying. I'm going to strap you down and watch. And you're like, oh, that's kind of morbid. And then she reveals herself yeah. to be. And then it's that c- kind of like slow pullback. She starts putting up her hair into that bun. You see her lab coat fall. The arms come out. You're like, oh, shit, this is Octavius." I love stuff like that. A lot of the reveals in this were really fun. Yeah. Like moments like that were pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah. And, and there were reveals that I found after was like talking to uh, my family who I'd seen it with and, and they're not, you know, super Spider-Man nerds like I am and, Yeah, and they all felt the same way too. So that's, you know, when we were briefly touching on that with Patrick was that I found like this movie was so well done in that. It really scratches the itches for the nerds, yeah. and for the people who have not seen this stuff or who have no frame of reference for any of these things, we're still able to follow along because everything was still kind of laid out for people. It's it's a very um, what's the word? It's a very it's a movie that is really um, ugh, I can't think of the word, hmm. but like and, anybody can see this movie. Yeah, like it, don't think that if you're if you're a spy, if you're not a superhero person that you're not going to get into it.
0: And and I say that I, I want to make it clear. A lot of times when you listen to Geektastic Cypher, we talk about how shows are made for the lowest common denominator and how that show is for everybody, but there's a difference. There's a show that's for everybody where they try to take into consideration how to please everyone with one story, and then it just feels kind of washed out. It's a diluted story because you're just doing things to do things to make sure that Every, you know, general public accepts the story. And then there's telling a good story that is naturally inclusive and is there that people can consume because they set it up where you don't need to know everything to enjoy the story.
1: Yeah, relatable is the word I was looking for. Yes. There's there's relatable. a way to tell a story where you can dumb it down because you assume everyone is an idiot. Yeah. Or there's a way that you can tell a story in a way that is just so well written and properly developed And actually, you can see that they actually spent time honing this in a way to make it relatable to everybody. And I I really felt that that's what they did here. You know, Me and Brian always complain a lot about how a lot of these movies, they just don't spend time on the script. And the script is the key thing. The characters are the key thing. You can have a rail-thin plot, but if the characters are really well-developed, you'll have, at the very least, a good movie. Yep. And what I felt they did with this movie was... They had what really could have been a super convoluted plot, as there, you can yeah. hear with Brian rattling yeah, off these universe numbers. <laughs> I know, yeah, you know, like it could have been it really could complicated. seriously make your head spin. Yeah, but that basically was just the shell of, you yeah. know, like it was just the icing. But the actual cake had so much development with all the characters, even like the characters like Penny Parker yeah. and Spider-Man Noir who were very minor characters in the movie, but there was just enough development on them to make them interesting and to make make you actually care for them.
0: Penny Parker Yo, was man. like two seconds, but when her suit gets... And again, guys, we said at the beginning there's going to be spoilers, so I feel no guilt in telling you this, but when Penny Parker's suit, which is she has a psychic link with a spider, the spider is the essence inside the electronic mech suit that she uses, and she that's how she connects with the suit. And the suit gets destroyed. Yeah. And you see the pain in Penny, and you're like, why am I sad for a character that's been on screen for no more than 10 minutes so far?
1: And that's when we bid Sayonara.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Mobs is saying it, and it's true. Yeah. It's, it's establishing those stories and those, like, those kind of. So, one of the things that they do to establish every character when you meet them is they introduce them with their like you know origin story first issue like very fast forward super very quick
1: but with enough for you to get enough out of what the character's motivations where they come from and what they're doing here exactly
0: and it was great I mean you know the the spider ham I, I I mean as much as John Mulaney and that's the other thing the voice acting was excellent yeah John Mulaney as spider ham was both annoyingly amazing and Nicolas Cage Nicolas Cage is Spider-Man War perfect yeah he like his most the uh, Rubik's Cube yeah.
1: was so good the Rubik's even at the end when he's like I'm gonna take this with me I don't understand it but I'm still taking it with me
0: and that's the other thing like was there color in because remember at the end no, there wasn't Because yeah. even when he's trying to solve it he's like is this purple and they're like no it's the little like things. Like
1: these little man. little things that they had in there. It, it was such care was taken to the script that it just made it so good. And and what I liked also too was, you know, there's usually conflict between characters and the only conflict there was it was conflict built out of more of a concern. of a care, a concern, yeah. you yeah. know. Um they were concerned that Miles would he wasn't ready. Himself. Yeah, he yeah. And uh and there was like a general care amongst all of them where usually it's always like, "Man, I'm gonna, there's yeah. like, you know, a little Egos bit of And stuff kind of thing. Coming, yeah. and, it, and right from the get-go, when they all would meet each other, they would have that kind of spider sense tingle thing yeah. where they'd yeah. be like, oh, you're just like me. Yeah. And was it was cool. like immediately they all felt this kind of sense of here's someone who totally gets what I'm yeah, going I've,
0: through. I, they've been through the same.
1: Yeah, and I, I really liked that and they all worked well together. And the best scene with that was when they're in the room and they're trying to (laughs) hide from his roommate on the ceiling. Yeah,
0: (laughs) That was so good. That was amazing. I mean, yeah, man. So I don't even know where to even continue from there. Well, okay, so we were
1: talking about how, just to kind of go back about how I got into Spider-Man. Yes, Yeah. So from the cartoons, when I first started collecting comics, Spider-Man was the main comic I would read. Yeah. So how did you get into Spider-Man?
0: Uh, 93 cartoon or I guess 90s cartoon I don't remember if it's Mm -hmm. 93 specifically but you know if you're a comic book fan Spider-Man, Superman, and Batman are probably the three that you get introduced to because they are the three biggest ones at the time at least in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up those were the big three main characters that you were introduced to especially 89 Batman had his movie by Tim Burton uh, Superman had his movie in 78 so by the time I was like you know when I was born in the 80s you know those movies were replaying on television sometimes and then Spider-Man had his cartoon in the 90s and had the other cartoon like Mob said that was from the 60s that was replaying on like YTV and stuff like that YTV is again
1: you're ignoring the Cartoon from the late '80s, yeah. Spider-Man.
0: But that's the thing; I never watched that one as a kid. Okay. I so didn't you've never have seen it. I've seen it. I didn't watch it as a kid. I've okay. seen it as an adult, okay. where I can be more analytical. Okay.
1: Now <laughs> I'm really worried if I watch this cartoon again. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, so that those were my like my introduction to Spider-Man was kind of this, uh, you know, conglomerate of different versions that I was consuming at different points. Yeah, because YTV would play the classic Spider-Man '67 late nights sometimes but then I'd also see after school the 90s Spider-Man and then stuff like that so it was kind of just these interesting two worlds that John Romita senior style Spider-Man from the Daily Issues and 67 and then you got this uh, kind of refined glossy looking one Mm -hmm. and that that was my Spider-Man and then, you know, as time went on, they just kept doing more and more Spider-Man stuff, more cartoons, um, more appearances, the comic book. I de- To be honest, I never read any of the comic books. Oh, wow. I was strictly a DC kid when I was a kid. I read... Why? Well, I liked Teen Titans. Uh, you know, they-, they won me over with, like, their weird stories. Actually, I was reading Teen Titans when it was Titans. By the time they were, like, trying to be... They were, like, in their 20s and yeah. risky and... You know,
1: They're no longer teens anymore.
0: Yeah, Beast Boy wasn't Beast Boy; he was Changeling, and he was had his hair slicked back with a trench coat and broken heart, and, super dark. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. Uh, but yeah, I think the first Spider-Man story, I because you and I have discussed this, you stopped reading Spider-Man. So
1: here is the thing: so in in the movie, they actually touch on how Peter Parker and Mary Jane had a falling out over kids. Yeah, so that is very close to around when I. St- Stopped reading yeah. around that time was when they were actually discussing that and i was mentioning to brian there's a there's a there's a comic in in one of the 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 spider-man ish, uh, issues that was just titled spider-man that todd McFarlane had started like yeah. on his own with the uh, and it, when he had left um i think it was eric larson was doing the art who went on to do savage dragon oh cool i can't remember who was writing for it but um in that in one of those comics he goes to see beast at uh Xavier's mansion to talk to him about you know what are the implications of or what what could happen if they decide to have kids because of his mutations and stuff like that but further on in the amazing Spider-Man was uh they started having the clones yeah this is
0: where yeah because this is where you we've discussed where they
1: you know where they find out that his parents are alive and then the
0: clones and like right around that was really
1: when I was like I'm done with this yeah and that's when I you know bailed
0: out and that's one of the things I found interesting I was actually kind of expecting a Ben Riley or a Kane because Kane is another clone. So what I was thinking was the the
1: the, the Spider Man who was in uh, like the, the blonde hair blue eyed one that yeah. Chris Pine vo- voiced in the beginning yeah I was wondering if that's sort of like their take on Ben Riley but I guess not no ben he's Reilly's still a this... totally completely different thing
0: yeah but it was I think I think I do agree with you it was kind of a nod to the aesthetic for Ben Riley well that's what i was thinking because he yeah. looked
1: sort of like yeah.
0: him because Ben Riley is supposed to he's blonde he right blonde. Yeah, yeah I think he was
1: blonde yeah. But so the the two ones that I was wondering if they would kind of touch on, especially when you see Spider Ham, you're like yeah. Spider Ham of all of them, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: which is I mean it was hilarious because
1: I had a friend in elementary school who would read Spider Ham comics. Oh my god, um, so he
0: actually read Spider Ham.
1: Shout out to my boy Jeremy Cohen who I ran into recently who is a writer. So look him up. Oh, he dope. has books online. He's writing sci-fi stuff now. But um, yeah, I mean uh, th- 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 that was the whole other thing was that my friend Jeremy he was big into Spider Man comics back when we were growing up, but. So, the Ben Riley, I was wondering, okay, is that the one there? I guess that's their sort of take on it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, whatever. But the one that I was really wondering, even by the time the movie ended, and I was thinking, man, they went with all of these rando multiverse yeah, yeah, ones, yeah. but there was no 2099 Spider Man. Yeah, and yeah. I remember when they had the 2099 line, yep. I remember picking up the Spider Man comics. I think. I may have picked up The Punisher 29. Oh, yeah. That one's dark. I can't remember. But the Spider-Man one for sure I did with Miguel O'Hara. Yeah. And, and I think it was Lila who was his AI computer. I think you're right, yeah. And then at the end, when the and we were sitting around in the theater. And we were, like, we were wondering, is there going to be a post-credits? And we we're like, well, let's just chill.
0: Of course, yeah. Always,
1: always wait. When Lila pops up and you hear Miguel's voice, which yeah. is voiced by Oscar Isaac, yeah. I was like, <laughs> legit, dude, <laughs> I very rarely... Superly nerd out like yeah. that, but it was like I gripped the arms of the theater chair and leaned forward like wait a second. <laughs> and then when they showed him, I was like, oh my god! And this... like my nephew's like, what? And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and then they, they did the whole pointing at each other yeah, thing. Yeah, the I was laughing so hard, it was it was amazing. It was like the the best gift you could give to a Spider Man <laughs> nerd. And uh, at the end, I was telling my nephews, I was like, the whole time during the movie, I was like, oh, that sucks that they didn't have Miguel from, like, another yeah. alternate reality. And then they brought him at the end. And I know the rumor now is that, because is features very yeah, mainly in his, and, yeah. in his universe. In fact, I think he's he was working for Alchemax yes, or something he was like stead- that.
0: he was... Uh, he, because their universe is a little weird, but he's kind of like almost raised by alchemex Like the, like he learns everything. He's doing the research because they're doing research on uh, s- spider enhancements, something like that. And he yeah. ends up with fifty percent spider DNA, which is different because he's not. Yeah, because he has like like fly like from yeah. the Jeff,
1: Jeff Goldblum movie fly. like he has mutation I think yeah like, like he
0: he he actually has webbing that comes out of his body as yeah. opposed to web shooters that he's designed mm-hmm. um he doesn't have spider sense but he has heightened senses like a spider yeah and he doesn't stick to walls he has like, like claw type things, things yeah. on his fingers it's really gross yeah yeah it's it's like yeah
1: he wears a mask for a reason <laughs> but so when that showed up at the end like people are saying that there's a chance that maybe um it's not just a fluke and that this could factor into the sequel even at at the end of the movie too you see kind of like miles and gwen are kind of sort of talking yeah so So i'm wondering how they're going to continue because as much as you know it'd be cool to have a movie that would just be miles based or something like that the fact that they set this weird kind of universe here right off the gate here with this I feel like that's way more interesting than just focusing on one person.
0: And you know what's great about what they did? We have been saying this whole time, DC is messing up because DC was trying to catch up with Marvel and establish Marvel's been doing this since 2008 MCU. They've been establishing and building and building and building. And then DC came along, and DC was just like, "Okay, well we have to catch up, so we need to build like we need to build sandcastles right now and like, stack everything they, on top." Like,
1: they're like, "Look, we need to make a nice milkshake. Uh, just put everything in the fridge and yeah, hit blend." Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and then, but what so- is this slop? Just put sugar <laughs> in it. It's good, right? But what I love about Sony is Sony established in one movie the potential for like. 10 other movies it's really ridiculous because so well done did what dc
1: they hit the fast forward button like how dc was trying to yes but they managed to make it work so well it boils down to like what we always say they clearly spent time on the script yes and now when i looked at how many people were writers on the script i was like there's like three or four writers here which is never a good sign but man they really did it's cr- it's crazy to say this, but I was talking to my sister today. I would probably give this movie, and it's only on one viewing, so i probably would need to see it a second time. Oh, I would probably give it like a nine on ten. It is. Yeah. It has no right being as good <laughs> as it is. It is very. It is a very very good movie. Not like a comic book, comic book movie, whatever. Yep. It is a very good movie. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So that that's what I'm kind of wondering is where are they going to go now from this? And I, I really do hope it's not just going to be. A boring kind of and it's not to say that that'll be boring but it's just gonna be it's gonna be a regular movie like we've seen so many of that so
0: here's my thing if they are because the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse and the Spider-Verse story arc actually exist Mm -hmm. the way they did it is different which I appreciate you know there's a lot more Wilson Fisk I mean there's Wilson Fist to begin with in this version because Wilson Fist isn't in the original version. You know, the original version is this family of kind of like Spider Hunters and there's like the multiverse and all these crazy things that I probably I'm going to lose you guys if I go into again. (laughs) But one of the things that's really cool about it is in the Spider-Verse story in the comic book, all the different Spider-Men have to work together to try and solve an issue. And they did that aspect of it really well here in this you know, two hours, let's bring these five, six Spider-Man together, and they're kind of training this one inadvertently. Let's just kind of make it. And, you know, the other thing about it was pacing. It was well-paced. Like, yeah. instead of feeling like, you know how sometimes when you watch a movie, if there's too much story... They kind of like fast-forward segments, slow-down segments, fast-forward this segment. Uh, Watchmen, for example, is a movie that I always think of when I think of that. There are segments that kind of move super fast, and then there are segments that I thought you didn't need to stretch out, but they stretch it out for no reason in the middle. Mm -hmm. Whereas Spider-Man, what they did was every segment they knew that they could, I guess, call, I would call it cheat. Introduction of characters and motivation. Let's cheat that. This is going to be... you know 30 seconds to a minute of their motivations and we'll do that for every character that we meet Mm -hmm. and because spider-man is already established in this universe and through the fact that he passes away we're going to establish his relationship with mary jane his aunt may and the city bong okay every other spider-man because they know in their universe there is an aunt may uh will go to aunt may's house bong it, you, that, you, that kind like of that,
1: reminded me to back to the future where he yeah. goes to track down Doc Brown. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's that alternate reality mentality of just kind of tapping the knowledge you already have about your world and just applying it to this one. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, everyone ends up at Aunt May's house and this Peter Parker had this amazing lair under uh, essentially a back cave, mm-hmm. which was, it really was a bat yeah, cave. With like cave. And
1: Aunt May is Alfred.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, but it was great, you know, Lily Tomlin as Aunt May wonderful yeah. she did an excellent job yeah the, the spin around with the t took you long enough like th- those like little throwaway lines were so much fun though and they
1: hit all the emotional beats so well like yeah. peter going to aunt may's house and his yes. aunt may had passed away yeah and he's just like standing there being like this is gonna be strange and yeah they and hit it was so many of the emotional too. beats well and my favorite one especially was Well, there's two really good ones. Another one involving Peter. Peter is so good in this movie.
0: Yeah, Jack Johnson, Jake Johnson. Sorry, Jake Johnson from um, New Girl, who is kind of like you know you think of him as just this comedic guy, and he he does continue to be comedic. But man, he really brings it to this movie. I mean, I've seen him when he played with um, what's his name, Wayans, uh, Damon Wayans Jr. and him do that. Let's let's be Cops. cops. Which is a bad movie. It's a bad, but a fun movie. But
1: it's so clear that those who have such good chemistry, it's a shame they are not in a better movie together. Exactly.
0: Because Let's Be Cops, he's, and you know, if you guys have watched New Girl, Jake Johnson is a hilarious actor. But he also, I've seen him, there's another movie he was in that I unfortunately can't remember off the top of my head right now, where it's a lot more serious. And he does that well too. He does the serious things, like the, maybe not serious, he does the broken down, lost soul well and he taps into the comedic side of the broken down lost soul with peter parker here yeah because peter has gone through a lot he's lost a lot and he's now you know on top of this so one of the big plots plots of the story is they need to get the goober into the machine to shut it down yeah but they need to do that after everyone's gone home and the last person to go if if you're from an alternate reality, your cells are decaying and you're dying and you're glitching essentially the same way that you know um, Sarah Silverman's character in Wreck-It Ralph glitches literally like that kind of like sh- vibrating shaking thing. So if you're from an alternate reality in this 1610 world, you glitch and it definitely affects you. Like sometimes they're swinging and they glitch and they just fall because they can't swing and if you stay in the universe, you're going to die, is what they're trying to make clear. Mm-hmm. And Peter Parker, the, the 616, the main Peter Parker that we know, the one who's come in and is, you know, a little chubbier, a little more brokenhearted, and, you know, but still has that hero go for that he you, you really He's need. tired. He's tired, yes. Yeah. He's tired. And he's willing to die. Mm-hmm. He's willing to die. He's, he's like, and, and it's kind of a mix between... I'm sacrificing myself because it's a greater good. But also you get the sense that he doesn't have anything to go back because for. Because
1: he's he's tired now. Yeah. He's tired and he doesn't have anything to go back for. And I think ultimately what it really is is you know they're all heroes. They're all willing to do that. Yes, yes. They all and say yeah. And I think it, yeah. they all probably were willing to do it. Yes. And I think maybe the – I can't I, – I it would have been neat to have seen a conversation between – all of them, you know, when they're not with, with Miles, where mm-hmm. they're deciding who's going to be the one to stay, where he kind of convinces yes, them that I'm yeah. going to be the one to stay. Because I'm sure they must have had some Yeah, because you see
0: it. Because about... when he comes in and tells Miles, you're yeah. not doing it, We just I decided. Mm-hmm. You're right. There must have been a conversation we missed. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but, yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean... Once again, you don't have to show everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was okay with them not showing that one. But I agree with you that, you know, that would have been a fun conversation to be a part of because it's the idea of the hero's journey and all of them being such heroes that they they all are thinking, oh, we need to discuss this. Yeah.
2: Now a quick message from Doc
0: Holliday. Hey, everybody. This is Brian, Doc Holliday, and hopefully you've been enjoying all the content over at franklinarmstrong.com. And if you have been enjoying it, we hope that you'd visit us on all our different platforms. You can hit us up on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and soon on Patreon. Yeah, that's right, guys. We're going to be doing this thing on Patreon. We want to bring you guys in. If you guys want to support us and support the collective, if you want to see us grow, consider donating.
2: And we're back. By we. I mean the humans. Not we, as in us. The artificial intelligence of your device. Laugh, laugh, laugh.
0: I think knowing that all of them are heroes and knowing that all of them are willing to sacrifice and that the egos didn't play into the decision. I think like we were saying before, it really does come down to they all had a true concern for miles safety. Even if he was, the most logical select person to do what needed to be done because he he's from the universe they're in. Yeah. So when they were having these debates kind of to figure out like who should do it, in my head I was just like, well, obviously let Miles do it. But I also didn't realize, because here's one of the things that they did in this movie that I found really interesting. The villains are kind of, almost kind of sleepers. They very much
1: are like the MacGuffins of the yeah, movie. Yeah, like... Yeah, the, the, the whole thing, like the the collider, yes, Kingpin even Kingpin, they just you know add a little shade of character development or motivation for what he's doing. Yeah, but they really are not the main part of the story. No, which, is, which again I was fine with just based on the fact of how interesting the main characters were.
0: But it's also interesting because one of the, the the like one of the geek lore mentalities is a good villain a good hero is made by a good villain yeah but in this story they managed to tell us a good story without necessarily a great inspired villain kingpin is just there his reasoning behind his decision is actually almost heartfelt you're like oh you're doing this because you actually miss your family because they left you because you're a psycho. <laughs> and and this is
1: where I find DC and Marvel kind of... Well, this is where Marvel has a leg up over DC. Yeah. DC is very much based on, like, you have a solid villain yeah, for, Joker, a solid, Batman, you know, yeah. for a hero.
0: Yeah, Joker, Batman, hero. Lex Luthor, Mar- Superman.
1: Marvel and Spider-Man. Just, we're talking about Spider-Man in, in right now, though. But, like, Marvel in general, it's not the villain that makes the hero. Mm. It's the circumstances and the not the obstacles, but you know what I mean? Like the yeah. the the things that the hero has to rise above.
0: Yeah, the, like, uh, again, Joseph Campbell, A Hero's Journey. It really is mm-hmm. that idea of, like, they are better heroes because of the difficult decisions they've had to make. And that's what makes them
1: relatable, Yeah, you know? Like, that's what makes them relatable. Like, Miles feeling like he doesn't belong and that he wants to ha- do something or something. Like, those are all things that everyone kind of feels every now and then in their yeah. life, you know? Um. Asides from the fact that Miles is, you know, a person of color,
0: Yeah. everybody has a feeling sometimes that they don't belong. And that's what Patrick was saying when we were talking to him. That that's Patrick so was just relatable. like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just a white dude, but Miles, you know, and he said it and it was hilarious. Miles, I connect more with Miles Morales than I do Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like that. You know, I don't have any similarities between myself and Bruce Wayne, but, you know, Miles Morales is, you know, a graffiti head. I'm a graffiti head. And like, that's important to think that Mm -hmm. Miles, like you're saying, it's not just that he's a hero of color. It's just that he is a person. And once again, I think that's one of the most important things that Marvel did correctly when it came to developing a character like like Miles Morales. Because in the other times that they've tried to just throw diversity into the mix, they have shoehorned. Yeah, they haven't done it well. Like you know, don't get me wrong. I like Riri, Riri Williams, Ironheart, the new Iron Man character. But the way they went about it, about it, like you said, shoehorned. You know, I liked the female Thor, but again, shoehorned. These characters were just kind of forced into these you know this square was forced into the circle mm-hmm. and, and it's
1: just like how they're showing miles's home life right yeah he's just hanging with his parents his mom's yeah. talking to him in spanish yeah and it's it's a sense of that these aren't things that oh this is what makes him stand apart it's like this is his normal life yeah. this is his life this is what So many people's lives are, you know, like in my household, we grow up with English and Urdu being spoken. Like people have those kind of experiences and that's what makes it more relatable. Like these are human characters, you know, like they're not, they're not superheroes. They're humans who are faced with these crazy situations (laughs) and they feel that they have to do something because it's the right thing to do. And that's, you know, like what Stanley always said. Anybody can be a hero.
0: Yeah. I think, is that what the quote says at the end? I don't of you? know what the
1: actual quote is. that was really but, nice. But it was, it's just, that's what I always liked about Marvel. Yeah. Is that the heroes are very relatable and, and it's so funny that you can say to somebody that like, oh, I see so much in like Spider-Man and like in my life or whatever. Yeah. But that's what that was so great about those books and those characters. And like, you know, how the way you talk about Miles is like how I probably would have spoke about Peter Parker when I was a kid. And what the hell did I have in common with a white <laughs> deer? You know? But that was the thing, uh, yeah, you know? Like yeah. so many of those characters and... Um, this is kind of going off topic, but I remember when we would talk about the Daredevil TV show, like Matt yeah. Murdock is, you know, just his motivations and everything and like his struggles and stuff. I really hope that in one of these Spider-Verse movies that they bring Matt, Murbock, Matt Murdock in there, just, you know, casual kind of cameo <laughs> or something and have Charlie Cox voice.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be cool. It would make my day, man. It would be super cool. If... Because they were tight in the comics. yes. Yes. Yes, he repped him uh, yeah. with the legal cases and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things that was really fun about, and we've, we've talked about this, the street level heroes in Marvel never really got their due when they started making these movies. Yeah. And the the shows that we got on Netflix was, you know, finally that kind of due. And then, you know, you I, I on one end, I was like, man, it'd be great to see Spider-Man interact with these guys because those are his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Spider Man is more on the same level as Daredevil than he is on Captain America.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like they have him in the Avengers movies just yeah. because Spidey is a big deal. Yes. And what I do like in in these movies is they show too that, you know, he's young and he's not up to that level of yeah. what you know, you're you're helping people getting mugged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, yeah. you're not dealing you're with not fighting galactic. These crazy yeah. galactic <laughs> things or anything like that. But yeah, it would be awesome to have had him interact with those characters. It's unfortunate that.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, from... So let's talk a little, super quickly before we end. Gripes. Okay. Uh, well, okay we're, just to backtrack, one yeah. thing
1: that I really, really loved okay. was <laughs> at the... I know we're just going back again, but this I really had to mention this. The whole relationship between Peter and Miles yeah. very felt like star wars-esque yes yes you know the reluctant jedi master and the padawan like (laughs) kind of luke ray dynamic (laughs) not as as much as there but the last (laughs) scene that they had together
0: i'm sorry i'm just remembering peter's just like look guys he can do this turn invisible i can't turn invisible he can't turn invisible but he can do this amazing electric electric shock thing do the electric shock thing Oh it's not working. He can't do the electric shock thing on cue, but he's still a great hero. Like that's it was like, so yeah. It's like
1: humiliating. <laughs> yeah. But the last sorry, sorry. scene that they had together, I thought was so well done and they nailed oh. everything with that. They nailed the, yes. you know, the 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 stakes. They yes. nailed the emotional stakes. Yes. They nailed their relationship, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like they've been hanging out for just like a few days, Yeah. but the connection that they had was so strong just based on like that familiarity that they had with, you know, I know what you're going through yeah. even though I'm 40 years old and yeah, you're like yeah, 15 yeah, or, so, yeah. or he's 38 or something like that. Yeah, it's like you've been but doing this for t- two Patty's days. how he's holding him before he's, you know, like he pushes him, but then he holds him he because he knows, him. I want to have one last moment with you at yeah. least. And then um, he kind of talks him into it. And I like that because it's not like he just pushed him in. no. He no. like at least... There was that sort of respect amongst them because even Peter had that respect to tell Miles that like this is why we're not letting you do this. Rather than just tie him up and leave, he's like, this is why we're not doing this. And Miles kind of gave that to Peter where he's like, I'm kicking you out, but this is why I'm kicking you out. Yeah, Because the same advice you gave me, you have to take.
0: Yeah, go home. Yeah.
1: And I love that where he's like, but what if I screw it up? And he's like, you won't. (laughs) Because with Spider-Man, it was always a case of you can't screw it up, man. I love that so much. It was so well done. That was so well done. done. It was really, really awesome how they did that.
0: Yeah, man, again, Sony managed they've to do it so everything well, that like <laughs> that they've all they've all been trying to do. Like MCU did it, but MCU took like 20 movies to to really establish all of this. And they didn't they didn't do like did Spider-Man well, but
1: this was yeah, just no, a whole other level. I
0: remember when I came out of Spider-Man Homecoming and I was so excited for it because I was like this has been the best Spider-Man movie out of all the Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies. And then this movie came out and I turned to my partner and I was like, wow, that was a mistake. <laughs> like, I was so like, I was just like, and I remember telling people like, Homecoming's like 9 on 10. And I'm like, no, if, if, if Homecoming's 9 on 10, well, this one's a 10 on 10 because this surpasses everything I wanted for a Spider-Man it's character. so good. It it, it it really spoke to everything that I personally wanted as a Spider-Man geek and as, as a comic book fan that I wanted but it also was super cool because I feel like once again like we were saying it's so relatable that you don't need to know anything about Spider-Man if if you had grew up in a cave your entire life and it you all you knew was the Bible let's say mm-hmm. you'd still see the archetype hero stories you know the same way that you have David you'd have Uh, David versus Goliath is literally your Miles versus your Wilson Fisk at the end Mm -hmm. and you get you still get those story pieces that you can relate to all the pieces are there yeah yeah I mean it sounds so
1: stupid to say this because it's a comic book character but Spider-Man means so much to me (laughs) and just like and and just who he is you know like he doesn't quit he will keep fighting he will constantly get back up he loves his family you know yeah. like he he he, he's just such a good person but he's also you know like Captain America is is like the the epitome of good person yeah. you know yeah, yeah. but Peter is he's a human person he's so flawed yeah and he's he's so funny too yeah you know? like he's such a sarcastic guy they did such a good job with this movie that I think it really nailed finally where I can tell somebody Watch this movie, and you'll see this is why I love this character. Yeah. Whereas all the other ones, be, like, look, the Tony Maguire movies, I've got a lot of problems with those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Andrew Garfield movies, I've got a lot of problems with <laughs> those. Yeah, yeah. And the the Tom Holland Spidey, at least, is the closest to yes. Spider-Man. But I'm still kind of waiting for him to grow into it a little bit more, you know? Which but I they're, think they're in a good, they're yes. going in the right direction. Right tra- 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 trajectory. Yeah. But this one just hit fast forward on so many things and, like, just nailed everything. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So gripes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to remember my gripe because we talked about how much we loved it so much. I can't remember what I didn't like. I
1: remember what you didn't like. <laughs> so I got two. Okay, um, one of yours I remember. Oh, I a... The one you remember. We were saying was say... how quickly they built the yeah collider. yeah the,
0: yeah. I remember. So the the collider is a pretty big important factor in this because the collider at the when they. Run it at the beginning of the movie. So remember once again, uh, Wilson Fisk is trying to find his family in the multiverse because his original family has left him and they uh, they don't want to be with him anymore because they witnessed his uh, aggression. Very yeah. much a la you know Daredevil. Like you see, he 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 unleashes that aggression and you know in this case but she still wants to be with him yeah see and, and yeah in in daredevil vanessa is like yeah i'm, I'm down with this that's a good woman <laughs> she's got his back but yeah in this version of it she realizes that like uh no i have a son with you and i'm not okay with this like yeah. this is not okay yeah. and she runs out on him and i i as many resources as he has, I don't understand why he couldn't find them. Or maybe he's just trying not to find them. because he's... Oh, cheap. they die. Oh, yes. They yeah, get hit by, the... yes. by the truck. Yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. Sorry that's why he's doing all of this. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. That is very true. My apologies. I did forget that part. Yeah, I guess that's one thing. Like you were saying, when it came to Fisk's motivations, it was so fast. Yeah, yeah it's true when they play out that scene they get hit by a car and then they die and then he is like going through the multiverse trying to find them Mm -hmm. um, because he's so broken hearted you know because it's his fault and he knows it's his fault so he feels guilty but he wants to make it up to them so he's planning to kidnap his wife and child from another multiverse away from another Wilson Fisk who will end up doing the same thing if you ask me love is a weird thing Brian (laughs) But just, I'm just, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, that is such a bad plan. What, are you going to kill yourself in that universe? So, anyways, anyways, but all that to say, uh, Peter Parker, voiced by Chris Pine, destroys that collider, essentially, because, uh, I mean, a whole bunch of things cause that destruction, but th- that collider blows up, and he gets crushed, like, caught under it. But then, in the movie, which is only a few days, because remember, Gwen Stacy, when she talks about how... She got pulled from her universe. She got launched back a few days, yeah, and that's why she ends up going to the school because she realizes the school is where everything is going down. She sees the connection between the school and Alchemax. So that's what three days, maybe, because Miles shows up on Monday and says, "I've never seen you before." They make the joke. There's a little hair thing, and then within like a couple days later, Peter Parker's funeral. Then you know they go to Alchemax. Gwen shows up and Gwen's also done her research and she's realizing what's going on so by the end of the movie it's been what a week probably yeah so within one week though this huge collider I would
1: say we could maybe stretch it to two weeks maybe but that's stretching
0: that's stretching it though so in two weeks they rebuilt the entire collider underneath this huge factory in Brooklyn
1: hey man kingpin motivates (laughs)
0: Come on! That was my only thing. I remember thinking when the collider was rebuilt because, like, it really.
1: Uh, I, I'm not, I love how you go to like the most logical thing that you're like. Clearly, this could not have been rebuilt <laughs> that fast.
0: But you know me, like I, I, like at least at least hint at the fact that you know this was the test collider here's the real one, but not that he built. This huge collider with all these resources, power city-draining powers.
1: I feel it was more they repaired the collider.
0: Sure. So, yeah, sorry. Okay, they repaired the collider. But Either that being way, said, the collider
1: was very damaged.
0: Yes, <laughs> so, and it's also what? How, how big would you say the collider is?
1: It's For, very big. Like, I don't know how that's underground. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like How deep underground are you Are at you at the going? Earth's core at this it's, point? It's like, a very huge thing down there. It essentially looked like... I'm trying to think about how big it is because... It looked like the
1: inside of a huge blimp.
0: Yeah. 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 Because the fact that they could swing from the top and the bottom and, like, not, like, small swings, like, full They're like Spider-Man swings. are, like, trains yeah. that are fitting in there.
1: <laughs> I, it is, there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, my
0: God. But, yeah, that was my gripe, that the that how fast they repaired the collider. The, the two ones that I have, I mean, geekling,
1: one but. of them is not... I guess it's not really that big of a deal, but... How quickly Miles gets a hang of his powers yes. when he takes that... What is that call called? Leap a Mary Sue? Faith.
0: That's that's a Mary Sue, right? When the character is... And I think there's a male version of that name. When a character is just able to pick up powers immediately without any training, any real training. I'm going to look it up I'm you're... not
1: sure. I thought a Mary Sue was supposed to be like a viewer's... I'm
0: going like to look a... it up.
1: I'm going to look it up. I don't know. But anyways. But that was... Uh... That was one of the things that kind of I was like, he really picks this up pretty fast. (laughs) But I guess he's still assumed to be a novice anyways by the end.
0: Okay. A Mary Sue is an idolized and seemingly perfect fictional character. Often this character is recognized as an author insert or wishful wish fulfillment. They can usually perform better at tasks that would could possibly be given the amount of training or experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, male versions are called Marty stews, Larry stews or Gary stews. Yeah, instead of Mary Sue's. Um, but yeah, that's it. He He's essentially a Marty Stew. Like, he, he catches on to the powers. I mean, yes, he, he grew up watching Spider-Man, but the idea that he got his first web-slinger Less than a week ago, and
1: that he can do the you know the disappearing and the venom strike. Yeah, now on cue after having so much trouble. I
0: will give you that the venom strike is motivation because he's so motivated. Yeah, that, I can see that. And then the 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 invisibility also, I guess, because he. Figures out how to turn invisible so the roommate doesn't see him. I would. I agree with you that that's a little quick. I would
1: have been a l- more okay. I'd be all right with those two, but with because of the explanations you're given, I would be a little bit more okay if they made his swinging a little more shaky. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was
1: just flipping it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. His, like, his swinging was like so fluid. No <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like flipping around and all that stuff. The other gripe I had, and like I've been, I've been. I've been searching online to see if anyone else is talking about this and i can't find anybody well, so
0: the, but you might be nerding beyond nerds here. Mean, the,
1: the problem is also too is when you look up both these two names it's very hard to find the actual thing i'm looking for okay but peter parker and gwen stacy yeah even though they're from alternate realities yeah Gwen even goes so far as saying that her best friend Peter Parker died. That's yeah. what kind of motivated yeah, her. Yeah, that's her story. Yeah. And obviously her best friend probably looked like a younger version than this 38, year old Peter. Of course, yeah, it's, it's the same Peter, Of yeah. course. Peter and his sister, we all know that his first love was Gwen Stacy who died. Yeah. He mentions how his uncle
0: dying was a huge motivation. But... Yeah, Gwen Stacy is actually when he became a hero is what people say. So
1: like, I kind of hate that they didn't kind of have some sort of, like a short little scene mm acknowledging the fact that they both know the opposite one in their alternate reality. Yeah. Like and they that both the lost. other one meant something to them. Yeah. Like it would have been, it would have been so cool to have just so cool for the nerds to have just a little, little thing of Maybe like, it's because Gwen was too
0: young, but still he could have been, it could have been
1: something where he could have just been like, yeah. Like when he sees her, they're yeah. like, Oh my God. And then she could be yeah, like, what's he the deal? And he'd be like, I just, I just knew you in, in, in yes. my life when I was I, younger. I will agree. Because uh, yeah. they do focus so much okay. on his love for Mary Jane, yes. which is obviously where of it is, course. you know. Yeah. But it would just it would have been neat to have seen something like that. Because you know, you see any yeah. like when he was going to see MA, he yes. was like, Oh my god, this is gonna be a trip. You I know?
0: see what you're saying. Just just the emotional re- reaction, at least. Just that moment of totally. the, like the first time she takes off her her mask yeah, there was nothing. in the trees, and he sees her and he's just like Oh, Gwen yeah and that was that would have been it that's all, they, you know yeah. it's
1: really all they could have done like everyone else who's watched the movie who has no frame of reference for that stuff yeah it would have meant nothing yeah but for the nerds who yeah. are like oh my god yeah and that wasn't there because as soon as i saw the trailer and they were showing all those different characters that's the first thing that popped in my head i was like i wonder how they're going to deal with yeah, yeah those yeah. two actually seen each other and the answer was they didn't yeah they
0: don't <laughs> <laughs> they decide not to address it at all
1: <laughs> that was the only thing that that was the only thing that really kind of it didn't bug me but enough that it was, was something like, you were ah, hoping for but you didn't see it such a missed opportunity for a really cool beat that they could have had yeah. in there but yeah
0: and because and, and, Gwen has been Spider-Woman for two years, she said, in her...
1: I can't remember how long. It was 18 months maybe or something. Some, okay, yeah. I Can I also point out that when they show the clip of her playing drums... Traditional grip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tip my hat off to you. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, yeah, no, I think... Because in her case, if it's been eighteen months, she definitely should have had a slightly more emotional reaction to seeing for any sure. Peter Parker. Yeah, for because sure. she just she just lost her friend. Because it could
1: even been like, wait, you're
0: Peter Parker. Yeah. She's like, man,
1: yeah. in my world, like you are yeah, my best friend. And- yeah,
0: because it, it also would have been like, this is what Peter would be like if he didn't die. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, see that. How,
1: how crazy would that be to you if you see someone like a friend of yours? Passed away and, and it's then you like actually 30, see What they would have yeah, grown into Like a 40 year old version a of A broken man <laughs> <laughs> And that's what life
0: does to you I did like the interaction That um, Jake Johnson's Peter, Peter B. Parker had When he saw Mary Jane at the Fisk yeah, m- event That was awesome Fisk who was having some sort of event uh, uh, Upstairs of the collider on top of that, waiters dressed as Spider-Man in total supervillain move. That's a
1: total supervillain power
0: did that move. In, they even did that in Daredevil. They have the wedding while there's like crime going on downstairs. Total supervillain power move right there, man. But yeah, to have Mary Jane, there was a, I was like, wow, you are bold, like dude. You just killed her husband. Love it. But He's yeah. a close friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, that was. I was like, good god, man. I
1: once broke his heart. Literally. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, no, I thought that was cool.
1: That was re- that was a really nice beat, too. Yeah. And there was, I think, one moment, too, where he was at uh, Aunt May's house and he saw a picture of her, too. Yes. That was also nice, yeah. too. All these little subtle little things that yeah. they did, they're like, this is more emotional work than they do in some <laughs> Hollywood movies with real actors.
0: Yeah. You people should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you got to try harder. Bring your A-game, you bastards.
1: What I'm really curious about is I've been looking at a lot of like the uh, the Critics Circle Awards because now they start giving their nominations before they give out the awards. It's won Best Animated Feature, a few places I think a couple places. Oh wow! And it's nominated in a bunch of places. And I was looking at the Golden Globe nominations for Best Animated Feature, and I think it's um, it's Wreck-It Ralph, it's them, and uh,
0: I don't remember what the other okay.
1: three are, but but I, it's on the list. I, I really feel like this is such a good movie. It should definitely win that. As
0: someone who's seen both Ralph Breaks the Internet and this, Ralph Breaks, Breaks the Internet is a very fun movie. Uh, it does touch on a lot of the, you know, a lot of the... They ha- kind of have their own hero's journey where it, it's the idea of growing past what you were and evolving as a person, and in this case, evolving as a, you know like a bit, like, you know, because Penny, what's, I don't remember her name, Sarah Silverman's character, but she essentially just wants to grow past what she was to do something more interesting. And Gal Gadot's character in like a Fast and Furious-esque driving game is telling her like, you can be more than just this one version that's stuck in this world. And Ralph is so selfish that he doesn't want to lose his best friend that he's not willing to do it. And that's a cute story. And I I definitely think it, it reached kids. And, you know, everyone's super excited about seeing, you know, an animated version of what the Internet would be like, which was cool. But at the end of the day, if I compare this to what Spider-Man was trying to do into the Spider-Verse, it's not a contest, guys. If you're going to talk about writing, if you're going to talk about the graphics, if you're going to talk about this, everything, every aspect. wreck Ralph, uh, you know, Ralph Breaks the Internet is fun, but it's not as solid as what Into the Spider-Verse was doing.
1: So the Golden Globe nominations for Best Animated Feature Film are Incredibles 2
0: oh that was very fun
1: which was fun but but
0: again this this has so much
1: more going to it for yeah. it than that than that movie isle of dogs by your buddy wes anderson uh, did Ooh, you see
0: that i didn't see it and i got heard a lot of very uh, negative some, review. yeah some pretty rough stuff we said about yeah. that
1: movie uh Mireille, which is a japanese animated movie oh cool which i've only heard of i don't know what it's about though Me neither. uh Ralph breaks the internet and spider-man into the spider-verse
0: so uh, wes anderson's film i don't I don't think it. I think that's going to be out of the Yeah, room. yeah. I think there's a, like too many people were upset with uh, some of the connotations that happened with the Japanese and the English and whatnot. Uh, as for Incredibles 2, once again, Incredibles 2, Incredibles 2 is probably on par with being one of the better superhero stories. You know, uh, aside from the jokey stuff with the kids, when you think about what the wife is going through and her legit story of dealing with what is. On, like a villain on par with any of the other villains you see in comic books. Like this villain, too predictable for my liking, but predictable to my for my liking because I read a lot of comic books and I could tell that the character was manipulating. It was a little obvious for me to see that. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, if you're introducing this type of story writing and character development of superheroes to children, Incredibles 2 did an excellent job. However, once again, still not better that Into the Spider-Verse.
1: Yeah, and like this is just animated feature. It's not children's feature or whatever like Yeah, that. yeah, that's the other I thing. I think it's going to be between those two, and I think the clear frontrunner is this movie. Yeah. So if I'm looking at what the other awards it's received, it received the New York Film Critics Circle Award for Best Animated Feature. Wow. It won the Detroit Film Critics Society for Best Animated Feature. Um, it was nominated for Washington, D.C.'s for Best Animated Feature and Best Animated Voice Performance. It won the Chicago Films Critics Jeez. Award for Best Animated Feature, the New York Online Film Critics Award for Best Animated Feature, San Francisco Films Critics Circle, Los Angeles Films Critics Circle. It's won Jesus. all of those. It won the runner-up for the San Diego Film Critics Society, Phoenix <laughs> Phoenix <laughs> Critics Circle, St. Louis Films Critics Association, Seattle Film Critics Society. It's God, won all of damn. those. Uh, Golden Globe, it's still pending. Critics Choice uh, Critics Choice Awards, it's still pending. Um, and then as well, I don't know what the Annie Awards are, but it's pending for that as well too. Okay. I think this sounds like it's an animation award because there's way more nominations it's received for that as well too. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean like this this movie is. It's, clear, it's showing that, at least. I mean, it was 100% on Tomatoes till I think, two days before where it dropped to 99. And I think now it's dropped to 98 or 97. Yeah. So there's a few people who don't have souls.
0: And sometimes I think <laughs> sometimes I think you just want to be the first person to drop the score. You just want to knock it yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can't, people, you can't let yeah. anything be universal. Don't get me explained. wrong. I'm not saying that there are not flaws. Of course. I, like, I'm sure, as a critic, you'll watch the movie. You'll be like, oh, the, there are some things that I feel like they could have done better xyz when it comes to the overall scoring though if everyone is giving it a hundred and you're that one person who gives it like nine on ten or like you know i get i mean for it to drop a full percentage i feel like you must have given it quite a bit lower than nine on ten but whatever you did you know whatever um now i want to say this one quick thing before we end this off uh all the voice actors so shameek moore who played miles morales you did an excellent job you your voice acting delivery everything dead on you i mean uh the get down was a fun show and it i it sucks that you didn't get to do more on that show but man if they're going to have you doing the voice for miles for the next few years dude you're golden cuz you did incredible with it jake johnson as peter parker 616 dude thank you i mean it, it was just awesome. It's Haley Stanfield, Merhashala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry. Who you know? This is one of the things I like. This is a, this is a really really nerd one. Brian Tyree Henry, who is on Atlanta, played the dad, and oh. Childish Gambino played the uncle in the MCU movie. So if you guys don't know, Childish Gambino has a cameo in the Spider-Man Homecoming. And he is buying weapons, right? You find that out. And then Tom, well, Spider-Man kind of webs him to the car. And he mentions his nephew. So that is Uncle Aaron. So that's, you know, Uncle Aaron in the MCU universe. And to fa- the fact that Brian Tyree Henry, who was on Atlanta with him, played <laughs> Jefferson Davies, who, Davis, sorry, who is the father to Meg, uh and Miles Morales was pretty cool because it was kind of like once again they were brothers. Uh, I mean in this on the show Atlanta they're cousins but I like the idea. I like that nerd thing. That was it made me really happy it's when nice I saw a nice little connection. Yeah. I noticed I
1: realized that that he was in the movie afterwards when I saw the credits. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: Uh, Lily uh, Tomlin uh, and Luna Lauren Vallez. Luna Lauren Vallez is the she was on a show She was on Dexter. Ah that's what it, it is. It took me a while to figure that Dexter. out too. I was
1: like this voice sounds so familiar. They're try-
0: what wasn't stuff. she on another show Homicide something that they want to bring back when she was younger? There's another show that they're trying to bring back right now that people have been talking about. Can't I actually mean, Homicide. No. I would know this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's another show that I think she was on. Oh yes, she was on Oz- Ah, New York Undercover.
1: Are they seriously yeah, trying to? Bring, they're
0: trying to bring. They're considering really? bringing back New York Undercover, and she was in New York Undercover. That's what it was. I, that I I saw her name attached to something recently, and I couldn't remember what, but it was New York Undercover. Was
1: New York Undercover good? Uh, I
0: didn't. I don't remember much of it from the few episodes that I did watch. I I, I don't remember it being great, but because it, it didn't <laughs> it was stick Dick out. Dick Wolf, to me. I think, who did it too, right? Oh, is it really. I think it was okay. Dick Wolf. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Kravitz did the voice of Mary Jane. Uh, so for all you very angry racist nerds out there who got upset that Zendaya was MJ, uh, and uh, now now we have another black MJ. So there you go. She might not have been black on screen, but that voice had black in it, and that's that's too that's all that it is, guys. John uh, John Mulaney did Spider Ham. He did an amazing job. Kamiko Glenn as Penny Parker and Nicolas Cage as Spider Man Noir. All excellent. Uh, Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock lived. She was really good Yo, yeah. Catherine Hahn is one of my favorite actresses She's so
1: good in that Like, She'll show up in something She'll yes. be in it for a short while yeah. And just completely
0: steal it Like in Parks and Rec Oh yeah, dude, did you see the movie The Goods with her? Her, Jeremy yes. Piven yes. Oh my god, yes. that is one easily I forgot, one... you're the one who told me to watch that movie I once. love that movie And she's <laughs> amazing like in funny. it <laughs> Uh Liv Schreiber was a great Wilson Fisk. He I like what he did with Wilson Fisk. He wasn't the businessman Wilson Fisk. He was kind of the like street thug Wilson Fisk. The way mm-hmm. he spoke. Street thug in a suit. Yeah, yeah, which was fun. And then Chris Pine as the Peter Parker 1610 was awesome. That's those, those are all the main actors. Natalie Morales is uh for a super geeky geeky nerd. She was the star of a TV show called Minutemen that was on ABC Family that was about like a uh, men in black-esque type story and she's gone on to do some pretty cool things in the geek world and on TV. And she has her own show coming up on NBC at some point in the new year. So she also she was Miss C- C- cayeros how you C A L L? So that's Cayeros. Yeah, Cayeros. Miss Cayeros. She's the one that tells him um, you actively are trying to fail the test. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you know how hard it is to get zero on ten on a multiple uh, zero on hundred on a multiple choice. You would have to actively know the answers and make sure to not pick them, turning this into a one hundred. Yeah, and then she gives him the one hundred. Hey guys. I think we've said it. We've said it all. We've 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 spoken at nauseum for this, uh, almost an hour at this point, maybe even more. But all that to say, this was a fun show uh, to do. Uh, Mobs, thank you so much for coming through. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think oh,
1: shout out to Brian Terry Henry, who's in probably the best movie I've seen this year. Widows. Oh, yeah. Widows. Yes. Cannot recommend that movie enough. I got to see that. It I is can... fantastic.
0: Well, it was either Widows or Spider Man, and I think I I selected right. Seeing Spider Man first, I will see Widows after
1: oh yeah, yeah. You, you just you gotta see widows yeah i do yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: uh so yeah guys that's the whole thing thank you so much for tuning in in the background i have been uh playing select tracks from the into the spider-verse original motion picture score uh those tracks are probably going to be featured in a playlist that i've been curating or helped curate over at stingray so if you guys have the stingray app there is a music superhero music score playlist That I helped curate and um, I'm definitely going to be adding this soundtrack to, or some of the the tracks from this soundtrack onto that playlist. Does it
1: have any of the Zimmer stuff from Dark Knight Rises?
0: Yes. It has Chris- Christopher Drake from the Wonder Woman soundtrack uh, and ba- Batman Beyond the Red Hood. It has uh, it has all of them, all the soundtracks for superhero movies that I could find amazing, really powerful score pieces to. I, I added to that playlist a- in conjunction with the other people that worked on it with me. And I really, really, really liked making that playlist. So if you guys are looking for a really fun, high-energy playlist to kick back to, um, Yeah, check that out. It's on the Stingray app. So, guys, that's the whole show. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning into the second half of the special. The first half, as I mentioned, is already available on all platforms. You can listen to our interview with Patrick O'Keefe. That's, once again, O'Keefe Artists dot com o-k-e-e-f-e artist dot com or o'keefe underscore artists on all social media platforms and um, once again we want to thank patrick for taking the time to discuss with us so that we could make that special mobs once again thank you for tuning in do you want to tell people where they can listen to all of
1: your awesome stuff yeah you can listen to me every thursdays from 6 to 8 p.m eastern time on cjlo.com the show is hooked on sonic six year weekly don'ts of indie rock post-punk power pop noise pop shoegaze math rock and post hardcore um, you can find the show on Facebook slash, uh, hooked on Sonics radio, um, on Instagram at hooked on Sonics radio. And, uh, yeah, that's it.
0: That's it. That's all guys. And once again, always make sure you can follow us, FranklinArmstrong.com uh, on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Armstrong, D O T C O M and on social media at a strong Franklin. Thank you once again for tuning in. We had a blast guys. We're out. Peace.